Welcome to the Productivity Breakthrough Podcast. I'm Elise Enriquez, your breakthrough coach. I am known for meeting people where they are and delivering practical insights so they can be more productive. Most people hear the word productivity and they think it's all about getting things done. What actually moves us forward in life and business is getting things known, getting things prioritized, and illuminating the next steps so you can achieve the goals that matter most to you. Being truly productive means being just as okay with what's not getting done as you are with what is getting done. If you are ready to create productivity breakthroughs in your life and business, then you are in the right place. I am so glad you're here. Now, let's create some breakthroughs. Hey there, how are you doing this week? Me? I'm much better. Thanks for asking. Seriously, though, I sometimes struggle with anxiety that then results in a cycle of depression. And it's not a fun cycle, this whole thing that happens. But after tapping into my support network, which includes my wife, my sisters, my bestie and my doctor, I've made some adjustments and I am feeling a lot better. It's good to have a plan for your mental health, a plan to support it when things are going well and a plan to get help when it isn't. The same can be said about marriage. And when I say marriage, I'm talking about any committed romantic relationship you may be in. Now, real quick, if you're not in a committed romantic relationship, I urge you to keep listening. There is a lot to learn about in this episode, okay? So stay with me. Now, it's so important to have things in place to support the health of a relationship and critical to have things in place to help when times are tough. This is exactly what I'm talking about today with my guest, Gabby Sundra. While Gabby has a master's degree in education, counseling, and guidance, and 25 years of coaching and teaching experience, it is her own messy to magical marriage, those are her words, (laughs) that allows her relationship guidance to be so spot on. And let me tell you, it's so good. I just, I loved this discussion. Her innovative methods at For Better Love, that's the name of her company, For Better Love, are fiercely forward-focused, gently shifting any negativity into concrete action steps. And you know I like concrete action steps, dear listener. She's a whiz at supporting couples and not just digging themselves out of a relationship ditch, but cultivating a couple culture of aiming for awesome. So let's jump into the fun discussion I had with Gabby Sandra, the love trifecta coach, bringing more play, peace, and passion to relationships worldwide. Hey, Gabby, I am so glad that you're here on the podcast. Thank you for joining me today. This is so cool to have you. Oh, Elise, thanks so much for having me. I love breakthroughs and I love productivity and I love contributing and and having great conversations. So thanks for having me. One of my favorite things. I'm so I'm just really excited to see where all of this goes, because I feel like there's a lot of overlap in the way that we talk about things. And to apply it specifically to relationships is really exciting to me. I'm, I love learning all these kinds of things and different models and different methods and approaches. But I want to rewind a minute in, in history because you have a master's in teaching, right? Your background is in counseling and guidance. You've got 25 years of teaching and coaching that you've done. And now all of that is channeled and focused on relationships. What led to that pivot? Like what got you there? Well, I tell people, thanks for asking that question, Elise. I tell people that I went from a messy to magical marriage. Mm -hmm. And so I had a background in, I was working at the community college and I was teaching about the science of success. And then I met my husband just as I was leaving that job. 
And I really learned about the science of success and that it really does take habits. It takes practices. My moods are not going to cut it when it comes to having a successful relationship, when it comes to having a successful life, because really I can be moody. I can be lazy. You know, I can be all of these things and it's intentionally building a culture. And the culture where my husband and I first met was really messy. Mm -hmm. When we got married or just before the engagement party, someone pulled us aside and said, don't do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> At the engagement party. And here we thought that they were pulling us aside to give us a present or something, which in many ways <laughs> it was a gift. And he said, yeah, it looks pretty messy to me from here. So that's why I say we went from messy to magical in our marriage. And I had already been studying the science of success and what I had been teaching, but I hadn't applied it to romantic relationship. But I started to do that slowly. My husband is a business consultant. We take business, apply it to relationship and relationship and apply it to business. And so it just started to evolve to the point that people started saying, what is it that happened? Because we did get married. The day of the wedding, by the way, my dad was like, you know, you don't have to do this. You can, we can go out the side door right now. Right. <laughs> So it was, it was from the, like very sweet dad. Thank you. (laughs) And And I got it that it looked really messy. We had a lot of drama. We had a lot of masculine, feminine polarity stuff. I was more in my masculine and he was more in his feminine. We really had a lot of that to work out. We had, you know, issues. I'm an extrovert. He's an introvert. You know, I'm a, I'm a gist person like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it done. And he's like a detailed Mm -hmm. person. So like between the two of us, we had a lot to work out. But people started asking us, what is it about you? What is it about you? So we went from that couple, like, oh, are you going to invite that couple? Yeah, you sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> and at the time, so many of our friends were doing relationship workshops. Mm-hmm. One of them asked us to speak, to represent them in their wedding, one of the five core values for their wedding. It's a great story, actually. And we represented devotion. And they lead seminars. So the day after, they ran a seminar where they led most of it, but they had each of those five couples speak. And we spoke, it was supposed to be 15 minutes and they were running late. They said, can you do it in less? We said, I don't think so. It's only 15 minutes. And by the time our 15 minutes were up, the organizers were saying, tell them about this, tell them about that, because people were laughing so hard. Mm -hmm. And it was really that moment that when people started saying, you have to share this, you have to share this. That was about eight, nine years ago, something like that now. And uh, first it was relationship fun and games, because that's what people said, how we were different. And now it's for better love, because I really believe in the for better, for worse. Yes, let's stick together, oh, but let's not just yeah. stick through it. Let's actually have it be for better. I No, I love that because there there can be that. Uh, that I, I always think of it in, in business. A lot of times people are kind of like nose to the grindstone, like just, you know, push it out. You can do this. And, and it's like if you stay that way, your nose is gone. <laughs> you know, you're like, you stay that way. You might get to where you want to go conceptually or or even from a a revenue perspective, whatever it might be, but who are you and what was the journey like along the way? And so I love that, that what you're talking about is having it be for better, that the experience of it better be good, right? Like, don't we want it to be good? It might be hard sometimes, but overall, don't we want to be in something that feels good for us? And we can make it easier. We can make it easier. It doesn't have to get harder and harder or we get further and further distant apart. Those cliches, it's like we live in a new era and we really can bust those cliches. But I wanted something you just said about pushing and, you know, nose to the grindstone. That is an illusion of productivity because Mm -hmm. it's productivity that doesn't last and it's not sustainable. 
And so, for example, they show, you know, working less is actually um, leads to an increase in creativity. And you can apply the same thing to your relationship. If you were just on it and on it and on it all the time, you're going to be like, oh, get off my back. We're growing every day. Okay. Yeah. I don't have any more growth <laughs> Enough. opportunities. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> so we actually have a cycle. We, we in our culture, our couple culture, uh, and with my clients, we have a cycle where we do the, it's the three P's, play, peace, mm-hmm. and passion. So we do 90 days where we focus on how to bring more play to our relationship and our lives. Then 30 days, quote unquote, off, right? So we have an open, closed loop so we can actually reset. And then we look at it again. And then we do another 90 days, this time for peace, which is what we're just about. We're just starting right now, the season of peace. And that's September 15th to December 15th. So you finish just before the holidays. And then January, (laughs) right? January 15th until April 15th is the season of passion. You know, that's Valentine's Day, the birds and the bees, play is in the summertime, peace is over the holidays. So there are these seasons in life that also apply to our relationships. But for us, it has to have a beginning, middle and an end, not just the nose to the grindstone, right? Yeah, that, that pause and reflect, that pause and rest, that pause and whatever it might be. It's that's something that we do in my gist world is is having that weekly pause to say, how did it go and what's left and where are we going so that you can have that free space in your brain to be more creative, to be more present, to be more intentional, that it's not about getting a bunch of shit done. It's about freeing yourself up so you can actually be where you are, like be present and be with your people and have opportunities that you can say yes to. And be healthier because we all know about the impact of our thoughts, you know, and every thought creates a chemical reaction in our body. And so then you have high levels of cortisol and then you end up with, you know, worst case, you're you know talking an ulcer or something slower, you know, all sorts of issues that happen. They say that, you know, disease is Mm dis-ease. You know, I can work hard. I like working hard, but I do it in spurts, right? Mm -hmm. And so, for example, even in my work, when I do those 90 days on and then 30 days off, all of my clients are on that schedule. Mm -hmm. So like December 15th to January 15th, I don't have any clients. I built in a month where I can work on my business, but I've designed it into my business that I'm not go, 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 go with everything all the time. Yeah, it's well, it's a different energy, right? So it allows you to have your energy at different levels for different things and, and different focuses. I think that's brilliant. And it's, it's fun to think of, um, like I can almost visualize this cycle for you, like this energy cycle for you of like you and all the people that you impact. It's almost like a, a throb or a pulse or a, you know, a rhythm. And I think that's really cool. It's just a delight. You know, when you're out, you get started, you're kind of in your customer's world. And the more I've worked in the relationship education world, the more I realized there's so much out there. It's important to be me and let that resonate with whoever that resident happens to resonate with. Thus the change from relationship fun and games to for better love and to just meet people where they're at for those habits of playful habits, even, right? I like Mm -hmm. calling that, you know, there's play, peace and passion, but the fourth P is proactive so that we always have this intention, but we're coming from a place of pleasure, not pressure. Like if you look at my website, the three colors are yellow, orange, and pink in a gradient, like a sunrise or a sunset, like a new opportunity or a new beginning. 
um, because I want people to have the feeling of ease and joy that it's inviting. So it's something you want to do a little bit over time rather than how to avoid divorce. (laughs) Right. 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 That's a lot more common out there. You know, Yeah. (laughs) people don't invest in intimacy. Usually they more problem pathologize. Well, and I think what's interesting about your approach is, I mean, there's a lot that's interesting about your approach, but one of the things is just this idea of, of habits and being intentional. In fact, one of the things that I was reading from you was your relationship happiness is determined by your relationship habits. And that totally makes sense, right? Because we know that about other areas where we put healthy habits or proactive habits or quote unquote good habits into place. But I think that it's also like culture too. You can have, you have a culture no matter what, you know, if you have a a company that you run, you have a culture. Intentional or not, it's there. (laughs) Exactly. Intentional or not, it's there. And so what does it look like to create these intentional well, an intentional culture, a marriage culture through intentional habits, because the habits can be there, but it's whether or not they're intentional and it's whether or not they're creating what you really want. So how, how is it that you help people do that? Or what does that look like for a couple? Well, what we usually start with, well, first of all, let me just acknowledge the couples out there who are in what I call a relationship ditch. I absolutely am there for you. I see you. I got you. Yes, our focus is the aiming for awesome and approach. And really the fundamental question I'm asking a couple or an individual is, what do you want? What do you want? And usually what they want at first is their partner to stop being a jerk. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I want them to do something, right? It's not a Yeah. (laughs) And it's about fixing a problem. And then they think that they're like not compatible or they've grown apart. And really what it is, is just that life has worn them down Mm -hmm. and they have gotten focused on what I mentioned before, the problem pathologizing. And pretty soon the two to 10% of the things that are problematic feel like they're 80, taking up 80, 90% of your energy. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to realign around what do I want and know that my desires matter and what do you want and your desires matter And gifting each other the gift of grace of just being curious and wanting to know about each other's desires. Then after that, layering them and saying, where do our desires align? You know, I want compassionate, loving, respectful communication. Oh my God, I want the same thing. Go figure what a small word. What a concept. (laughs) (laughs) And most often the word I hear when I work with a couple at first is relieved. Because what they find out in creating this vision, the shared first individual, then shared vision, is that they're way more aligned than they thought. They don't have everything that that they do agree on what they both want, usually. Mm -hmm. There's sometimes deal breakers like kids, no kids, you know, geography, could be religion, you know, a few factors like that open nowadays, open marriage or monogamous marriage, things like that. But most of the time, couples find out, wow, we really want the same thing. So I help couples create that vision and then condense it into what I call a marriage mantra, or if you're not married, a shared relationship vision, or even if you're single, you can create it as your relationship vision for what you want to be calling in. Which is powerful. It is, it's so powerful to be like, oh, this is what I want. Yes. And then attracting that. Yes. (laughs) Right? Yeah. It's different than like a list of demands. It's stated Mm -hmm. as a, we are like, we practice respectful, loving, generous communication, right? And so it's kind of calling in the relationship rather than having a checklist for a human being. 
right? right. They're six foot tall exactly. and they're this and that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so once we have that whole rich vision, which we do in 10 different areas of life, it can get a little big, a little unruly. So then I help them massage it. And you can do it on your own, but I love doing this and massage it into something manageable and memorable. So I'll share Rajana, our mantra, and we used to have it framed on the dining room table and we would say it before a meal. Now we have it memorized and we'll say it if we're in a conflict and we want to pull out of it, if um, it's just before a meal, um, if it's a beautiful moment and we're having a wonderful moment. Sometimes we'll just do it, you know, when you're stuck at a red light standing on a street corner, we call mm -hmm. those, we used to call those kissing breaks. And now sometimes we'll call it mantra break and we'll just stop and say our mantra to each other. So it's part of not waiting for the problems again, but creating this culture of reminding us ourselves all the time that this is who we say we are. And we know we're human. We're not going to be that all the time. Yeah. Our intention and our actuality almost always have a gap and we're almost always aiming to close that gap. And then mm -hmm. sometimes we lose our minds and we're running away from <laughs> what that is and we're behaving insane, which totally happens which is why you want to build all of that culture and goodwill that if you're doing all of this effort, you can handle when this shit hits the fan. Yeah. Yeah. Because what occurs is it hitting the fan rather than, Oh, they're at it again. Right. When someone loses it. It's like, Oh my gosh, they need my support. Not like, don't take your stress out on me. It's yeah. Like, what's well, your problem? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you can get in those reactive cycles with each other and, and it, it's hard to pull out of those. It's really hard to like kind of see your way out. If you don't have, like you said, the goodwill already built up, there's like an abundance of love that's already there. That and there's no short of, there's no short of, of stress these days, right? Just <laughs> even in the collective psyche out there. So, and then it could be, you know, a lot of people have had financial or health issues or any sort of issues or friends having issues. And then how we're handling, I mean, certainly when the whole pandemic came on, there was the whole preppers versus the Pollyannas. It's like, we have all sorts of new issues yeah. that can bring conflicts between couples. So building that goodwill that you may have some differences, as I mentioned, introvert, extrovert, you know, all of those yeah. that you still are like, yes, but you're my person and we're going to get through this together. Well, and, and what I'm hearing is in that and having the mantras and using it in all of these different situations, like you said, not just when, like, not just because, because of an argument, like to kind of anchor yourself during an argument, but to before a meal or in a good moment or at the stoplight is that it gets into your fourth P of being proactive, right? Like making these proactive efforts of reminding each other. And I, I like, I like the word mantra because to me, it speaks more to aspiration versus trying to tell yourself what's really happening. It's more of like, no, this is what we're working towards. It is it is a constant piece of work that we do. I love that. And it's meant to be repetitive, right? The mantra, yes. you, know, you say it again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And it's the mantra that comforts you, that sources you, that calls in creativity, right? This is, I think this is such a deceptively simple tool. I think people could really miss how important this is. And of course, obviously, there's a lot of work that goes into it when you work with your clients to do this. There's a lot of work that you do to boil it down into that. But to have a guiding phrase like that is so critical. And this is, might seem funny, but that's what I did for actually my divorce. <laughs> so I had a definition of like conscious uncoupling, basically, that I was working off of. And I had these ideals that I was working off of for like, this is how I'm going to proceed through this. And I, you know, requested that that he do it as well. And 
I think I was probably a little more focused on it because of course I was the one that came up with it, but I just was like, it is what guided me to stay me through such a hard process. Uh, and of course, what it did is it created, like you were saying, in a way, my calling for who I was looking for, who I yeah. was truly looking for. And then, luckily, I found her. So that's oh, I, no. I did. I, I called yeah. her in. I called her in. It's, it's amazing. But it really does come from. It, it's really interesting having almost like this divorce mantra <laughs> to then create a relationship mantra that called in the right person. So it's genius what you were talking about, about using this process I call that holding on to the handle rails. You know, divorces, marriages, these are slippery slopes, right? So I tell people to imagine they're walking on like an icy walkway, right? And there's handle rails. You're not just going to go skipping through like, you're going to walk carefully and you're going to hold on to the handle rails. And so you using that process or someone using one of our playbooks to create a mantra or working with me to create a mantra, more importantly, the 90 day games where, you know, for seven years now, Raj and I have taken our vision, our mantra, and created goals for those nine, next 90 days. Mm -hmm. uh, we name our games. The game right now is called, the initials are A-I-E, Attitude is Everything. So we're calling it I-E. <laughs> so whenever we want a presence, Attitude is Everything, we say I-E. <laughs> Uh, and the last game, 90 day game was um, for season of play was adventures and awesome. And so we have these goals that it, we play with. We're not pressuring ourselves. We're not fixing right. that there's something wrong with us. We're holding all as well, even better if let's look at our vision now and say, what can we do now to make that more true? Okay, hold on, hold on. I have to just I'm writing this down, but I need it to be said again for everybody. <laughs> All is well, even better if. Yes. Did everybody hear that? All is well, even better if. Because I think that that phrase, if you're sitting here listening to this, right? If you're driving along, you're listening to this interview or you're on a run listening to this interview and you're thinking, yeah, that's great. But, you know, my partner wouldn't go for this. My <laughs> husband, my wife, my, they wouldn't go for this because they're going to think something's wrong with our marriage if I bring this up, right? Right. All is well, even better if. What yeah. a great way to invite continuous work and growth into a relationship, into anything that we're doing, right? All is well, even better, yes. I have a little meme image that I'll put on the gift page for your listeners here. Ooh, listeners, um, you're getting that, a gift. <laughs> it's a formula. We call it the formula. All is well plus even better if equals a wildly wonderful relationship. Ah, love right? it. Because you're not making either person wrong. Because let's face it, we're humans. We all had things happen to us in our childhoods. We all have stressors we're dealing with. Nobody is perfect. So we want to pick the person that we're willing to navigate our imperfections with. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally. And to really take ownership for choosing those imperfections. I don't know if you've ever heard of Imago therapy or the Imago in general, Harville Hendricks and Helen Hunt, two of my favorite relationship experts. They came up with it, but it's the idea that you choose your partner based on, they're essentially an amalgam, like a combination of all the positive traits and all of the negative traits of those who raised you. Mm -hmm. And so those things that drove you crazy. So true. Right? <laughs> so true. <laughs> and so the crazy, the crazy puzzle piece that's just so awesome is that your beloved that you choose is perfect for opening up your unhealed wounds. Yes but they have very little skill for healing them. Mm -hmm. But if you take responsibility to one, know what your own childhood wounds are, to 
two, know what the needs are underneath those wounds and how to get those needs met, both self-meeting your needs and clearly communicating your needs to your beloved, and you're willing to teach your beloved those skills, that's when that person becomes more whole and complete themselves. They had those parts, but maybe they were locked out. For example, I mentioned the masculine and feminine with Raj and I. I grew up with nine aunts, most of which who married poorly, and they would refer to their husbands as dead weight. Oh, gosh. So I grew up, and whenever my husband was emotional or if he wasn't a rock and like leading the way and being the champion, I was like, oh, great. One more person I have to take care of, you know, mm -hmm. dead weight right? Mm -hmm. It was really, um, and he got no nurturing from me. Well, on the flip side with him, his father passed when he was 12, very suddenly of a heart attack and nobody grieved. They all just coped. And so he spent his whole adult life creating scenarios where he was grieving because he was desperate to be comforted. So he, here he picks this woman who's like, get up, you ain't hurt. Yeah, like, this isn't going to happen. And he's like, I just need to be comforted. All of your fingers and toes in place. <laughs> You're fine. And then one day I was in a course and they talked about the four fields of how you relate to somebody. And one of those being father, child, and one of those being mother, child, one playmate, sibling, and one admired, admiree. And they said, just mix it up. And I realized I was being father child with him. Get up, you ain't hurt. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, let me just try mother child with him. And so I said, honey, come here, put your head on my lap. And he rubbed his hair. And I said, tell me what's wrong. Almost overnight, the outburst stopped. Almost overnight. His voice changed. His voice got deeper. We mentioned before we started this this um, interview, we we talked about where we hold our yeah. stress and anxiety. And he would hold it in his chest. And his voice would get really nasally. And now his voice is really low and relaxed. Resonant and there. <laughs> it's very <It's> anchored. Sexy. <laughs> very sexy. <laughs> but we definitely had some actions to get through to there. But it's coming back to that vision and coming back to that vision and forgiving ourselves and each other when we're not that. Mm -hmm. But part of forgiving ourselves and each other when we're not that, I'm going to give um, you guys a, one of my favorite tools right now. And we use it all the time. We mentioned the 90-day games. The last 90-day game, it was our commitment to within five minutes of any conflict, whether it was my fault or his fault, so let go of fault. That's not helpful. Mm -hmm. um, and whether it was a big conflict or a little conflict, because we wanted to practice it and get good at it. And if you do it mm -hmm. when it's a small conflict, it's much easier to do it when it's a bigger conflict. Because otherwise, yeah. your tools just go out the window. If it's not no, part it's like of building muscle, right? Like you're starting yes. small and then you can build up to the heavier stuff. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> and you have the muscle memory for it, right? Yes. And so we call this the OCC. And in that OCC stands for ownership, compassion, and creativity. And, you know, I don't know how old your audience is, but I'm 51 and they may remember the Naughty by Nature song. You down with OPP? Yeah. Yep. You know me. <laughs> right. You remember that? So my husband yep. and I will say, to bring some lightness, right? And not be so mm -hmm. significant. You down with OCC. And that's one of us signaling, okay, we're in a conflict. We want to pull out of it. I'm ready to do an OCC. Are you? Yeah. So you down with OCC and the other one will say, yeah, you know me, but whoever initiated it goes first and they first take ownership. I can own that. I um, only got five hours of sleep last night and I'm not my best self. I can own, and rather than I can, I own, right? Mm -hmm. I own that I haven't eaten in eight hours and I'm a little hangry right now. 
Mm -hmm. So all these pieces you can own. I own that my childhood wound is triggered and up around this issue right now. I just got, I just got chills on that one. I was like, yep, that's because that is the, that's the one that I'll realize so often. I was like, oh, this isn't about you and me. (laughs) And if you can own that, it instantly has them be more compassionate with you usually because now they don't have to be defensive because now they get, oh, this isn't about me. And I'm actually here to help you heal this. It changes it instantly. And when she does that with me, when she can be like, you know what, that's a, you know, a parent thing, right? That's like when I was a kid, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and it changes, it completely changes the dynamic of that interaction. Like 100%. So much so. So much in relationship is blame-based, right? Mm -hmm. Blame and defend, blame and defend. I call it problem ping pong. Bing, 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 right? And it usually escalates in a bad way, right? Pretty quickly. One person says one thing that's a little off. I'm like, I don't appreciate that tone. And then it's off to the races, right? So you want to have the habits that are different for that. So you start with ownership. That's the first thing. I own, I own, I own. The second is compassion. And now you get into their world. Mm-hmm. And now it's, uh, I can see that this issue is very important to you and the stakes feel really high. I have compassion that you're getting a lot of pressure from so-and-so, so-and-so about this issue and you need it resolved now. I have compassion that whatever it might be, right? Mm -hmm. I have compassion that this might be triggering one of your childhood wounds. Right, right. Yeah. Only if they've had acknowledged that. You don't want to be saying things. You really want to get... Let's not pull in something we don't need to pull in. I have compassion that how screwed up you are from your childhood is... That probably doesn't go well, right? Yeah, Yeah. okay. (laughs) Yeah. So scratch that last one, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, those are are the not-so-subtle digs. And I like to operate in what I call a dig-free zone. I I had a couple I worked with once write a song about the dig free, about working with me and the chorus is it's dig free zone. <laughs> and it's with fun we, people. <laughs> that's what we talk about with yeah. this couple culture, right? Is now that does, does that mean a hundred percent of the time I've never have a dig at my husband? Absolutely not. We just got back from a three week camping trip in the desert and there was so much dirt and dust and things to clean and heavy things to open and lift and where to put this. And did we throw this out? And, you know, it's stressful. And those are the times yeah. that you can get a little snippy with each other. But what did we do? Once we got snippy with each other, we created this couple's handshake and um, we do it to reset. So if we've been being snippy with each other and we don't want to like talk about being snippy, but we want to be like, we're done with that. We're resetting and being yeah. great with each other now. And so like I'll high five him one side and then he'll high five me the other side. And then we do a double high five. We do a bump on one side, a bump on the other side, and then get low and shimmy up and jump up into the air. (laughs) You guys, just so you know, and I'm like, maybe we'll be able to get video of this to share with y'all later. But like this, there there was a whole visual for this that just happened. Yeah, no, but it's, it is it is the stuff that takes you out of the loops that we can get in. But I want to go back real quick because I heard ownership, compassion. But what was the other C? Third one. Thanks for asking. Creativity. And so after you what you're talking about there, yeah. After the ownership, after the compassion, you might say, "This is how we can heal the divide right now. This is how we can do better next time." It's just the how to move forward. And you might even say. What can I do? 
right? Mm -hmm. That's, you know, but it's to spark creativity, to spark a way of moving forward. So if you do that all the time, when it's low grade, you're going to do it when it's high grade. And -hmm. it just makes such a difference to neutralize and both people do it, right? So the person who brings it up goes first, but you both do it. And then afterwards, it's the, the conflicts tend to resolve themselves because you're now on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like, it's been diffused a little bit. Like the air has been let out of, of like the tension filled room per se. And I, I think it can be what I've seen, the way I've seen people behave or respond sometimes to this kind of guidance where there's any kind of quote unquote script, right? When there's any kind of script at play that it feels insincere or robotic. And it's like, it's only going to feel that way if you treat it that way. And so my suggestion is try it, guys. Just try it. Like try it and find out and say, you can tell your your partner, like, this is this is a silly thing I heard on this podcast. And I just want to try it out and let's just see. And you know, but even something like um, you know, active listening skills when you say what I heard you say was like just even having that little what I what I just heard you say was just to confirm things. Even though that's a script and it's quick, it it shows a desire to understand. And you can adapt it and make it your own. One of my uh, mentors, Skip Downing, he teaches faculty across the country on how to create experiential learning in their classrooms. He's just a great guy. He used to always say, how can you use and adapt this? How can you use and adapt this? And so even those words, if it sounds like a script, you might you know, say, I just want to make sure I heard you right. Is is that okay? And now also you're getting consent. I, I, by the way, I just did a talk somewhere and I said something like, I use crude metaphors to get your attention. So just beware. So I'm not so sure about your audience, but I'm about to use a crude metaphor well, to get your attention. Just, so beware. Just, yeah, just stands for get your shit together. So we good. We all good here. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Okay, good. Okay, good. I say to people that your advice and counsel and feedback and even your constructive criticism for your beloved, think of it like um, anal play, right? (laughs) If you don't have radical consent there, moment by moment by moment, it's not pleasurable. And it's not not proceed, And it's not going to work. Do not proceed. And so I tell people to imagine that their advice and counsel is like their finger and their partner's butt. No, that is awesome. Have a visual of how important communication is, and blurting something out, or not yeah. giving permission, or is it a good time, or yeah. any of those things that we want, we would want done with us. So we want to have yes. done uh, do with our beloved as well. Well, and I and I think having those, having a system, having a model, having those things to fall back on allows, at least allows me. I'll just I'll just take it for myself. It allows me to be able to pause and to be thoughtful and to remember who I want to be in this moment. Who do I want to be regardless, right? I always think like, who do I want to be regardless of how other other people are acting? Who do I want to be regardless of the crazy shit that's going on? Who do I want to be regardless of the unhelpful stuff my brain is telling me? Maybe my childhood, you know, my my traumatized childhood brain is telling me, even though I don't necessarily think I was I had a traumatizing childhood, but like those little trauma moments, right, that, sure. that we have, that all of us have. Who do I want to be regardless? And I think when you have models and systems and playbooks to fall back on, it helps you do that. It helps me do that for sure. But what you're describing is your personal culture, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's your what you're describing is also being generative, right? So I'm you're being aware of the default mode, and you're saying, who do I want to be instead? Who do I want to generate myself as instead? What is the okay? I'm not to negate your feelings, feel whatever's going on, right? But I love the expression, the Zen expression, like water through the rocks. Mm -hmm. right? Water doesn't hit a rock and go, what's this rock doing here? This isn't fair. This rock shouldn't be here. It's like, okay, I'm going to move around this rock now, right? Uh, And so- And still be water, right? I'm still going to be water. water. I'm going to keep flowing through. Yeah. So having that culture and applying that to your relationship. So what is normal? You know, what is your reputation? You know, Raj and I have a great reputation as a couple. We just, I mentioned this three week camping trip we went, we got, you know, asked many, many times and we even led a talk while we were there on relationship. We didn't have that reputation before. We were that, oh, are you really going to invite that couple? Because remember how that went at the last party? You know, he had a lot of social anxiety. We, we really, we were not good socially at all. We did not have the best reputation as a couple. Again, the introvert extrovert issue, right? Yeah. Yeah. Until I learned how to embrace what felt like oil and water as actually chocolate and peanut butter. Mm, yum. <laughs> I'll take so it. I got to be, um, I got to slow down in some really important places and he got to get more connected with people in some really important places. Yeah. And then it became things like we would throw a party and I'd make an announcement about where introvert spots in the house were that people could go if they, so if somebody's partner was there or somebody was an introvert there and they needed to just be with one or two yes. people by themselves, uh-huh. go do that. Whereas I used to be like, oh, what's his problem? Why is he out there on the patio? <laughs> I know. He's, he's taking his time. He's doing what he needs. He, that's the interesting thing. I, I find that a lot of the people I know who prefer introversion do a way better job of taking care of themselves than uh, us extroverts do. Just in terms of knowing, like, I need that space. I'm going to go get that space. You know, it's it's just kind of, it's interesting to watch. There's a better energy management sometimes that I've noticed. I don't know. It's interesting to look at. I, I like my you call it energy management. Um, you know, I'll call it mantra management, right? Is it, you know, we mentioned, I'll close that loop, I guess, on the mantra because I haven't shared Raj and our mantra. And we do look at this every 90 days to then say, how can we make this more true? Mm-hmm. There's one particular line I was thinking of, but I'll share the whole thing and then come back okay. to that line. So the mantra is, I love my marriage and my husband. And by the way, we say this at the same time. So I'll say husband, he says wife. And sometimes we'll say it simultaneously together. And other times like I'll say one line and I'll stop and like throw it to him. And so we're kind of tossing the lines back and forth to each other, just making it playful. Yeah. And by the way, my husband was not like gung ho on, on, Hey, let's work in the relationship world and let's do all of this. Yes. He, he embraces personal development, but mostly for him, that's through sports, through his, he, he does an endurance bike rides and mm-hmm. roller skis mm-hmm. um, and things like that. And so it's like, he does his personal development on his own, usually not with people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> so we learn to respect that people do their growth in different ways. So I'm part of a couples community, this Eden, Edenworld.org. If you want to check them out, they're awesome. And I'm part of this couples community that offers all these different things. And he says, okay, great. I'll do this one thing. You can do all the other things, but I'll do this one thing. So we've learned to look for the synergy of what we both want. He loves the group and loves the parts that we do, but he doesn't have to do all of it. And we all bring different things. I would never exercise a day in my life if it wasn't for my husband. Mm -hmm. 
And he doesn't pressure me, but he creates the space. And so same thing with our relationship and personal development. I tend to lead the way there and he comes along, but I, he only comes along where he's inspired because that's the culture we have yeah. is that we're on the pleasure path, not the pressure path. Mm-hmm. Right? I love so that. for those that their beloved aren't as inspired as they are yet, just keep doing it on your own and let go of the attachment to them doing it. Yeah. And you know, create this vision on your own and say, Hey, I created this vision. I want to share it with you and see what you think. If you have any ideas afterwards, I'd love to put your edits to it or hear what you love, but without a, like, I did this and you haven't, I'm pulling all of the weight that never goes over well. Right. Right. (laughs) Love that. No, I love pleasure path, not pressure path. That's great. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the mantra, Okay. I love my marriage and my husband. We're playful, peaceful, and passionate. We're hot for each other and we express it daily. We generate with intention. We communicate with care. We seek to spot, understand, and meet each other's needs and delights. We contribute to the world. We care for our bodies. We're on top of what is to be done and abundant with our finances, time, energy, and love. So you can see if we say that to each other and then we're like, hot for each other and express it daily, but gosh, it's kind of been a little bit since we've been a minute. Yeah. You know, we've been together 17 years, so we know that we need to be intentional about being playful, about being peaceful, about being passionate. Mm -hmm. But when you spread a little bit of intention, attention, and action out over time, it really takes it out of the realm of work and into the realm of, I guess I'd call it effort, Mm -hmm. but it becomes easier and easier effort, just like anything that starts as something you're learning and then it becomes something like driving a car. It was really stressful at first and now we do it without thinking. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I love that it's memorized. That's a, that's, that's a long one. <laughs> but you got it because you, because you've lived it and you've worked on it together. Right. And that's, that's the 10 sentences. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I usually have couples do. Now, if someone works with me, what I call the full limo ride, I even make a video for them. They send me pictures and if they're up for it, record their voices saying their mantra. Oh, cool. And I take a song often. My husband, he makes music. So I'll take original music from my husband and I'll mix it in with music. So they can just have that shortcut on their phone or on their computer. And if they're That's having awesome. conflict, they just play it and they can hear their voices and see their pictures and see the words of what they're declaring of who they are. But even if you don't look at it all the time, even if you just took those every 90 days, and you looked at it and said, okay, how can we be more of that? Yeah. Or if you just pulled it out when you were having some conflict, obviously I'm much more of the aiming for awesome approach mm-hmm. than the problem pathologizing approach. Mm-hmm. We're, you're at where you're at right now. Yeah, start somewhere. you are. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's always, you know, this listeners, that's always what I'm encouraging is to just start with something, start somewhere, try something. Now, if you want, though, and I, it's like, I want to, I want to keep talking to you, but we do need to wrap it up. So I, but I have a feeling other people want to talk to you <laughs> now too. So how can they get more from you? How can they learn more? How can they reach out to you? Oh, thanks, Elise. And for all of you that are listening for better.love forward slash breakthrough is a personal gift for you. We're going to put some, yeah. I'll go ahead and take the tips that we talked about the OCC. Yeah. And there was one other one I wanted to make sure. Oh, you said the relationship habits equal your relationship mm-hmm. happiness. So I'll take those so you can even just print those and save them to your phone or put Thank them on you. your saver. But I'll also go ahead and put in the playbook, which we normally sell for $33, the Marriage Map Playbook, 
to walk you through creating your own vision so that you can That's get so started cool. either looking at it on your own or you can use it as inspiration to then reach out and get further support if you want to do personalized. As I mentioned, the full limo ride coaching program has a lot of bells and whistles too. That is amazing. Thank you so much for doing that for us. I hope everybody takes Gabby up on this opportunity, whether you are coupled up or not, because as she was saying, this can help you create the vision for what you, who you want to call to you. Um, but yeah, I hope you all take Gabby up on that offer. That's so cool. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. What a fun and spicy conversation about having a magical relationship. I think you could probably guess why I had Gabby on as a guest, right? I mean, if, if you listened for just a couple of episodes, you would know why I had Gabby on for, as a guest. She's talking about creating an everyday marriage you love, being intentional about what you create, and having tools and systems in place to support that, like the four P's and the OCC, etc. And remember, she's packaging all that stuff into a special free gift page. Uh, that she's creating just for you based on the stuff that we talked about. So head on over to forbetter.love forward slash breakthrough. That link will also be in the show notes in case you're out and about while listening. But again, it's forbetter.love forward slash breakthrough, where she has put together a package of all the resources she talked about in today's episode. I've already gone there. It's all there and ready for you. So check it out. And one last gift from Gabby. That's right. It's time for the question of the week. Gabby helped us out with this one. Now, the question of the week is surprisingly simple. Are you ready? What do you want? Now, let me give you a little more on that from Gabby. What do you want? Most of us default to focusing on who is to blame for what we do not want. Focus instead on what you want. Find the overlap between you and your partner in that. True up your shared vision. What do you want? How could you true up to that positive and empowering vision? I love that question of the week. Okay, that is all this week. I will be back again with you next week, of course. Until then, keep moving forward what matters most. Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Productivity Breakthrough Podcast. Did you have a breakthrough today? Write to me and let me know. You can reach me, revisit anything we covered today, or uncover free resources over at EliseEnriquez.com. And if you know of other leaders in life and business who would appreciate a little help with their productivity breakthroughs, I'd love it if you'd share this podcast with them. And finally, remember to hit subscribe or follow so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.